There was a woman that came among us, our church group, back in 1980. She said she had been a drunkard, and all of a sudden something happened to her, and she was changed, and she was going to quit drinking. And now she wanted to know about the Bible and about God. Sounds like a born-again experience, doesn't it? For that's usually what happens when we're born again, that we do want to know about God. She began listening to radio preachers in Houston, Texas, where she lived at the time. I was one of the people she listened to. She listened to several radio preachers, and finally she found she only wanted to hear me. So she contacted me, and we met and became very close friends. And she was on fire for things of God. At first, when I would call her, she was so interested in what I had heard from God. She stayed with us 39 years. At the end, I noticed a change in her. Several months before she left, I noticed a change. When I called her and shared something with her, that was of God, she got very silent and said nothing and just waited for me to quit talking. And then when I mentioned something of the world, some television program or movie that I'd seen, she got very excited and began talking and she could tell me about the actors and actresses and she had looked it up on internet and I could tell her interest was turning from the Bible to the world. That can happen if we endure in things of God to the end of our lives on this present earth we will be saved. But if we turn and fall away from things of God it's a very very serious matter. I have seen individuals fall away from things of God. I have seen entire church groups fall away from Scripture and set up other doctrines in their churches, falling away from things of God. Here's what Paul said about this. Romans chapter 1, verse 28 and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. And he allowed them to change. And the Apostle Paul told us there would be a falling away in churches before Jesus returned. And that Jesus couldn't return until this falling away happened. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. In 1982, I was reading this passage of scripture, and God said to me, 
the falling away are not people leaving the churches. The falling away are the churches leaving the scripture. And when they leave the scripture, that will let Antichrist into the church. 2 Thessalonians 2, start at verse 6 in the NASB. And you know what restrains Antichrist now, him now, Antichrist now. And I thought, well, what does restrain him? And immediately God opened my eyes to see that which restrained Antichrist. It was the scripture, the word of God, Jesus. The minute they remove portions of the word of God from the church and change the doctrine, it's the same as removing Jesus from the church and changing the doctrine. For the doctrine of Christ no longer ruled in that church group. It allowed Antichrist in. Reading from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 6, NASB. And you know what restrains him now, so that in his time he will be revealed. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. The minute he, the word of God, was taken out of the way, then Antichrist moved in. And all of a sudden, they have a doctrine of men instead of a doctrine of God. And men delight in going to that church because that church approves them in their sin. In their sin. Jesus told the woman taken in adultery, go and sin no more. She couldn't continue in adultery. But there are churches today which are set up with some type of gospel which approves sinners. It doesn't cause them to repent and turn from sin. It accepts the sin into the church. And that is the end time church that had to happen before Jesus returns. So consequently, the stage is really set for Jesus to return. Concerning the end time, Jesus told us this, Matthew 24, verses 12 and 13. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. Because iniquity abounds. It may just abound on their television set to the degree that they become enticed. And it's exciting for them. And they turn away from the Bible. And it does not seem interesting to them anymore. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Therefore, enduring to the end is what we want to do. We pray, asking God to help us. We keep certain scriptures before us day and night as are shown to us by the Holy Spirit. We take baths in the scriptures by meditating on the word of God, by looking at it first thing in the morning, last thing at night, by thinking on the word of God rather than the ways of the world. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 
Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Keeping logs on a fire, keeping that fire going, stroking it. If you let that fireplace alone, that fire will go out. And if you let everything alone with things of God and you quit reading the Bible, you quit being interested in Scripture, the fire in your heart will go out and you will become lukewarm and you are in danger and in peril of being cast away. So we work at our salvation, especially keeping anything called to our mind by the Holy Spirit, keeping that in front of us. If you read the Bible, if you read a chapter and a verse stands out to you, there's a special message from God in that verse to you. So take that verse and keep it before you day and night. Then later there'll be another verse. Meditate in the Word of God, for it enables you to keep that fire of God going. Do the Word of God, which really sets you on fire when you do a scripture. Look for scriptures to do as you read the Bible. Be active with the Bible. And because iniquity shall abound in the end times, Jesus says the love of many will wax cold. Are we not seeing iniquity abound right now? When we turn on our television sets, it's nothing like it was in 1950. Or even 60 or 70 or 80 or even 1990. The iniquity is so much greater right now. Women are often half naked, jumping up and down on a stage. We stare at it and have no idea what they're doing. They try to look like such good people, smiling, fun. Homosexuals are flaunted in front of us constantly. Lesbians, they have their own television shows. Approved by man, rules of the governments of men prohibit us from even speaking anything negative about a lesbian or a homosexual. You're in danger of losing your job if you do that. But I, as a minister of God, speak what the Bible says. It's not my own idea. It's what the Bible says about it. And what does the Bible say about it? Romans chapter 1 tells us exactly what God says. This is not my idea or my thinking. This is what God says. I've read the Bible and changed my thinking, conform with the Bible. That's what we have to do constantly. What does God think about this? Romans chapter 1, verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. For this cause, God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. 
And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God calls it vile affections, and we can see that this is a group of people turned over by God to a reprobate mind. They fail to keep God in their thinking. They worship the creature more than the creator. Many people do that today. They worship athletes, or they worship film stars, or they worship television stars. They worship the mountains, and they see great things in the mountains, but they don't see the creator who created the mountains. When I look at a scene of nature like that, I marvel in God's wisdom in creating the heavens and the earth. They instead worship the heavens and the earth. Before you're born again, you think many things that are not scriptural. After you're born again and read the Bible, you see many things that you thought before that are not according to the Bible. A lot of people think it's real clever to say, we'll never get out of this world alive. But the Apostle Paul says, not all will die. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Start at verse 50. Paul says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all die, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, meaning those who are left alive on the earth will be changed. We'll be changed in the twinkling of an eye, blinker eye. That's how fast we'll be changed. There are some people that will not see a physical death. They will be changed by God in a blink of an eye. They will be in their new spiritual bodies and taken up into into the air to meet Jesus and the dead in Christ who have been raised from their graves. And they will all be taken to the new heaven and the new earth, which is described for us in Revelation 21. So this saying that you'll never get out of this world alive or that the one sure thing are death and taxes. Neither one, death is certainly not sure because there are some people who will not die. They will be changed from these fleshly bodies and taken into heaven in spiritual bodies, but they won't see death as other people do. When I was born again, I had a a friend, a young friend, 10 years younger than I, and he had been a Catholic, and he was born again. Bill just talked about being born again all the time, and I thought, well, wasn't everybody born again? Wasn't everybody a Christian? And then I became a Christian. So Bill and I wanted to find the scripture where it says all men are created equal. I had a little business at that 
time, I owned a little business in Dallas, and my bookkeeper's husband was a professor at Dallas Theological Seminary, so we knew Walt real well. Bill and I went to Walt, and we said, now, where is that scripture that says all men are created equal? And Walt said, that is not a scripture. We were shocked. We hear that saying so many times. They wrote it in the Constitution, I think, of the United States. It's not of God. That's not a scripture from God that all men are created equal. In fact, we are given different gifts by God. And we use those gifts that he has given us. But we're not all the same. We don't all have the same gifts. They're different gifts of the Holy Spirit. So that is not a scripture. It's in the Constitution of the United States, I think. But it's not a scripture. We were so shocked. We just couldn't believe it wasn't a scripture. You can hear something so much from the world and think it's of God and then find out that's not a scripture. And it really surprises you. Once again, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Prove all things, Paul says. Hold fast that which is good. We prove it by looking up in the Bible, by asking God for wisdom, by asking God to show us the truth. If we belong to God, he will certainly show us the truth if we're willing to see the truth. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.